that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Government is the problem. Will you still love me when I'm no longer young? President Review, an analysis of every presidential administration from Washington to Trump. This week, we take a look at America's third president, Thomas Jefferson. Okay, guys. Hi. Welcome back to President Review. This is the third episode, uh, and we are here with a new host, Refounding Father. Thank you for joining me. So, uh, as you all know, this is an opinionated um, thing. Uh, Politics Weekly, I I try my best to stay away from my own political views because I like to make it about whoever the host is and whatever their politics are. Um, But this is more of an opinionated um, podcast, so I will be giving my opinions uh, around Jefferson uh, because we are are going to be talking about Thomas Jefferson, the third president today, and of course, Refounding Father uh, is going to be joining me. So, um, first of all, let's talk about uh, the election that landed... Uh, Thomas Jefferson into uh, office, the 1800 election. So Adams was the incumbent president. Uh, The two of them, again, right after the founding of the country, uh, historically, they were they were good friends. And then that kind of they they weren't very good friends after uh, after this election, Um, of course, because uh, Adams ended up not attending Jefferson's inauguration, which um, only happened one other time in history. Every, every other president has gone that that's been alive has gone to the next president's uh, inauguration, um, except for one other president, and it happened to be John Adams' son, John Quincy Adams. He didn't go to Andrew Jackson's inauguration. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, he was not a fan of Jackson either. Um, but like, think about that for a second. Like Barack Obama probably reviled. Donald Trump, um, but he still went to Donald Trump's inauguration. Exactly. <laughs> but but not Adams and Jefferson. Um, but uh, and and it was almost kind of a similar friendship between Taft and Roosevelt because historically William Howard Taft and uh, and Teddy Roosevelt, um, essentially Teddy Roosevelt. Well, well, we'll get into that in the Teddy Roosevelt episode. But he was more of a, a socially or more of a fiscally liberal type of person, um, and he thought that Taft, because Taft was a good friend of him, he, of his, he was a Secretary of War. When Taft was elected president, he was like, "Oh, this is great. He's gonna be uh, just like me. He's gonna be pro union. He's gonna be pro workers' rights. He's gonna be essentially a pre Bernie crat. He's gonna be more of a left wing populist." And then, what do you know? Taft gets in, and he's pretty much your standard conservative. Um, by today's standards, 
But and then that made uh, uh, TR hate him. But then they became friends again. So eventually Jefferson and Adams become friends towards the end of uh, their deaths because they kept writing to each other again uh, after uh, Adams, his wife Abigail, died. Um, however, before that, this election pretty much took a toll on um, on their presidency. So of course. Um, you know, there used to be a rule that the, the runner-up in the presidential election and the general election would be vice yeah. president. And Aaron Burr became it after Jefferson, like, barely beat him. And if people watch the Hamilton musical, the one, they do get it historically accurate that what's really, like, funny is Hamilton, who was, like, the complete opposite of Jefferson, supported him because yeah. Aaron Burr was really corrupt. And- well, Aaron, yeah, and Aaron Burr did not like either of these two men. I mean, he butted heads a lot with Jefferson. Um, and he, he and, uh, he, he, but he viewed, and he butted head a lot. He, he also butted heads a lot with Aaron Burr. And he was of course rivals with Aaron Burr. And we all know what happened to Hamilton at the very end, uh, with Aaron Burr. Um, but he overall, uh, viewed Jefferson as the more competent, choice for vice president because of course there was a tie in the electoral college now mathematically that tie could happen again um it's totally possible with a 269 269 and they talk about it every four years um if if it happened in 2020 you could end up with a democrat as president and mike pence as vice president um because of the fact that the house is controlled by democrats and the senate is controlled by republicans but that's a story for another day. So, um, I guess we should get on to Jefferson. Yeah, let's get on to Jefferson. So, in the election of eighteen hundred, um, the uh, the uh, election four years earlier was narrow for John Adams. It was a very narrow race. Adams barely came out. Um, they butted heads a lot as during the vice presidency. Adams, we ta- I talked about this. He had some good accomplishments in terms of non-intervention. He he came up with a treaty with France. Um, he had the chance. There were warmongers in Congress that said you need to go to war with France. Adams said no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but unfortunately, that was all marred by the Alien and Sedition Acts, and that really marred his legacy. Uh, as president of the United States. Um, and so Adams runs for re-election for a second term, but his vice president, Thomas Jefferson, challenges him. Um, but uh, And Adams pretty much has no chance at this point, but Aaron Burr ends up tying in the Electoral College. Um, and, of course, Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, ends up settling that dispute. <laughs> um yeah. But, uh, so that, that, that ends up, uh, uh, happening, um, and if we look at the electoral vote, uh, outside of Burr, uh, Jefferson got, uh, 73 electoral votes, and Adams got 65, so kind of narrow, somewhat narrow of an electoral win for Jefferson, um, he only won nine states, uh, Adams won seven, but if you look at the uh, the popular vote margin, it was an absolute blowout for Thomas Jefferson. He won with sixty one percent of the electoral of the popular vote. Uh, Adams only got thirty eight percent of the popular vote. Um, so Jefferson becomes the third president of the United States. 
when he was vice president, that was the only time in history um, when uh, there were there was a president and a vice president of two different parties. Um, uh, again, a common misconception is that Lincoln uh, and Johnson uh, were of two different parties because the conception, the, the, what people believe is that Lincoln was a Republican and uh, Johnson was a Democrat, but they were both elected on the Union line uh, in 1864 because the Republican Party was officially dissolved. Um, Johnson uh, became a part of the Union Party. Uh, Lincoln became a part of the Union Party, and they ended up being both on the Union Party ticket. So technically, this is the only time because uh, Jefferson was a Democratic Republican and Adams was a Federalist. Another communist conception is that Adams uh, and and Washington were only were were both the only Federalist presidents. But Washington actually was an independent. Um, he he was against. He was morally opposed to political parties. So of course Adams, he right. and he was right. Um, unfortunately. Uh, the other framers did not listen to him, and now we have this mess. Um, we have more tribalism and whatnot. Um, but uh, now, um, uh, uh, but because of that, Adams is actually the only Federalist president in American history. So this is the end for Federalists. This is the end of the line for the Federalist Party. The best parts about, well, that's a good part of Thomas Jefferson's uh, presidency. He kind of dismantled federalism um so let's start with um what are your thoughts on uh on jefferson overall uh i'd say he's one of my like favorite presidents like he's definitely my favorite founding father probably my favorite president he did do some things that were considered unconstitutional like buying the louisiana purchase yeah however like you know in the long run i wouldn't be in the united states well, we don't know what would have happened because of it. Mm. But, so that's one of the things that maybe some people were skeptical about. Uh, he did send American, he was a little bit interventionist in some places. He sent American troops to fight off pirates. But I think it was almost justified because the pirates kept attacking American ships. Yeah, right. But, uh, so that's, whatever. And then under the good things, like, he ended the whiskey tax. Yeah. It's a big thing from the Whiskey Rebellion. People don't know, like, the huge tax that was put on whiskey ski, and, like, it hurt the small grainers more. It was, like, designed to, like, favor the big business, and Jefferson ended it, and he kind of started, like, fighting away at Hamilton's system. Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting, and, and a lot of people do, um... People, the Louisiana Purchase is either his shining accomplishment or the, or it's either his shining accomplishment uh, or it's the Achilles heel of his presidency, depending on how you look at it. Um, because some people will say, well, we got Louisiana, you know, it was a James Polk type of scenario. Um, but, uh, where we got enough, you know, we expanded America, westward expansion, but uh, at the same time, there wasn't really any constitutional precedent, and a lot of the Federalists criticized him for that. They were like, hold on a second, buddy. You were the guy that was like, we need to be reducing government, and we need to be, uh, we need to be, uh, uh, we need to 
be following the Constitution more. We need to be more ad- adherent to the Constitution. And and Jefferson even kind of didn't couldn't really defend that on a constitutional basis at least. Um, I think, uh, yeah, he kind of just feared that like you know someone else was just gonna buy it. And... Yeah, but some people um, some people argue he expanded. He's to blame for expanding executive power. Do you agree with this or no? Um, to an extent, I mean, to a slight extent, I mean, really, all he did to expand executive power was buy some land. I think, uh, early, like, I think Adams did it a lot more than the Alien Sedition Act. Well, no, he didn't really expand executive power, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't say he did too much because, I mean, he did buy some land, and that's just not the biggest, like, executive, you know, overreach that we've seen in history, so I wouldn't say he's responsible for it. Interesting. Um, now, in terms of, now, I think probably the, with the pirates, I think that was probably justified because we were, we were attacked. It wasn't like he was like, oh, we're just gonna purge another country. You know, we, we, it was actually in self-defense. Um, but anyway, so in 1864, in 1804, again, Jefferson was a very popular president, um, in eight. In 1804, he is re-elected by a blowout. So he runs against uh, Charles C. Pinckney, the former minister to France, um, who is, again, another Federalist, um, and Rufus King, who's a future presidential candidate. Um, And Jefferson wins uh, all but two states. Uh, He gets 162 electoral votes, King on, or Pinckney only gets uh, 14 electoral votes out of uh, Delaware and uh, Connecticut. Those are the only two states that where Pinckney gets any electoral votes. Um, and even South Carolina, which was Pinckney's home state, uh, goes to Thomas Jefferson. Ouch. Um, so, so what do you think led to that? Why do you think Jefferson ended up carrying... Pinckney's home state of South Carolina. Do you think it was just because he was popular, or do you think it was because of any executive action he did during his time during the presidency? I mean, I think it was honestly just, you know, he was really popular. I mean, like, he probably was one of the more... He was really popular, uh, and he wanted, you know, the stronger economy. Mm. I mean, he... He was, I mean... Correct me if I'm wrong, but South Carolina, that was a really, like... uh, Democratic Republican area, so and Jefferson obviously is the biggest, you know, anti-federalist one there. So, I mean, naturally, they're gonna pick him. Yeah. Um. And another reason people think he did so well was because um, American trade uh, was booming. Uh, at the time, um, because, uh, uh, because of what a lot of the, uh, because a lot of the, the hostilities, um, that were going on during the, the French Revolution, uh, in Europe and the Louisiana, uh, purchase, uh, led to, uh, essentially a trade boom. Um, do you think that might have contributed to, uh, Jefferson winning by such a big margin? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think. And then, you 
know, I almost think we should get to the element, or the elephant, sorry, in the room. Uh, I would talk about the slave trade. Ah, uh, yes. Because, uh, like, although he owned slaves, like, he was extremely morally against it in a lot of his writings, and he did, like, end the slave trade into the United States, so I think that's interesting. Yeah. Well... And, you know, back then, I mean, unfortunately, you know, you couldn't... If he would have just ended slaves, then, you know, we yeah. had another civil war earlier. That's what they feared. Have you seen the movie uh, 1776? I have. Yeah, great movie. But they talk about in that, the, the framers, including Jefferson, uh, wanted to add an anti-slavery amendment, um, but they needed unanimous support from the Continental Congress. Yeah. Um, and South Carolina and many of the other s- southern states would not have it. Uh, they would not allow, they would not vote yay unless uh, there was an anti-slave amendment, unless the anti-slave amendment was overturned. Um, so for yeah, that reason. The secession. Yeah. So, and Adams did not want to, did not want that, but Franklin begged Adams to do that. So eventually they had to take that out. Um, one of the other things uh, people, one of the other gripes people have about uh, a Jefferson um, is he suspended trade with a number uh, of different countries over the conflict that was yeah. going on with with France. Uh, a lot of people think that he didn't really know how to, ha- a lot of people say, oh, he didn't really know how to handle that. He didn't know if he wanted to take the non-interventionist strategy, he didn't know if he wanted to take the pro-interventionist strategy. Uh, so he just said, screw it, we're not gonna, we're not gonna trade at all. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of, uh, you know, I'm someone who's for free trade, so, you know, restrictions on trade are not good to me. It's just like, you know, I mean, it's like, the way I see it, like, it would be like restricting trade between the states, so I, I didn't, that's one of the things I didn't like from his, and. What's interesting is, like, before his presidency, and maybe a bit after, it was, he was almost better. Because <laughs> during his presidency, he did, you're right, take some, like, poor actions. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of it was confusing for him at the time, you're right. Because, you know, they kind of just wanted to be on their own. And then you have these empires, like, trying to bully you. Yeah. What do you do? But, uh, yeah, I really don't... Um, what is it? I really don't like the embargo acts. Like, I think we should have still traded. Hmm. Well, and I also want to mention real quickly, um, right after, uh, the, during the 1804 election, going back to that really quickly, uh, the rule about having the runner-up be vice president was suspended. So Aaron Burr ended up leaving as vice president. He was replaced by George Clinton. Um, and, uh, what happened was, um, George Clinton um, ended up, uh, what happened was Aaron Burr ended up giving a speech uh, to the Senate because he was president of the Senate as vice president. And he, uh, he said that uh, in his farewell address, he, um, he gave a few remarks um, and he said his speech um, uh, brought even his biggest opponents to tears, but unfortunately it was never fully recorded, uh, so it only exists in quotes. 
That's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, some people believe Jefferson was haunted by the presidency, um, because he, when he died, he, if you go to Jefferson's tombstone, uh, it doesn't say, he didn't write write third president of the United States, it just said Thomas Jefferson, this year, year of birth to year of death, um, do you think that he resented the presidency, um, or do you? What What are your thoughts on that? Um. Um. Honestly, I think he probably did do an extent. Uh, it could be a part of him being humble, but also I think you know, yeah, he was haunted by that presidency because he did have to take actions. He was like, not really. Uh, what is it? Um, like one hundred percent support of. Like he did take unconstitutional or you know, tricky actions. So I think it did haunt him and. Yeah, it's probably rough for someone like him with these strong beliefs to play the politics game because people kept demanding and demanding. Yeah. So I would agree that 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 did haunt him. And another thing people credit Jefferson with um, is the fact that um, he essentially continued the precedent that Washington set, uh, which was two terms for the presidency. Because he, he, again, Washington said, okay, I'm not going to run for a third term. And Jefferson essentially solidifies that. He essentially comes in and says, uh, at, at the end of 1809, he's like, I'm going to, con- you know, I'm going to continue that legacy. I'm not going to seek out a third term uh, in office. And in 1808, he retires um, and he's uh, succeeded by his secretary of state, James Madison, um, do you believe that, uh, how essential do you think it was that he decided not to, uh, seek out a third term, uh, in the White House? I mean, that is huge, honestly, because, I mean, from that point up until, like, FDR, you didn't see, uh, any presidents, you know, trying to basically become dictate, like, having these long terms, so. Yeah. I think that's a big thing, and. Yeah, like, you know, for people, like, if you see that the first couple of presidents, you know, two terms, resign, you know, it was set a good precedent. But then you had FDR who kind of didn't do that, so then we needed, you know, a law saying you can't, so. Yeah, and many, many people believe, again, there's a lot of dispute about whether why FDR did that. Some people will uh, say the world was at war, so he, it was smart for him to do that. Other people will say that he was a tyrant and uh he just ran for a third term because he was a power hungry maniac um but that is very largely uh disputed um but uh anyway so we're we're coming to towards the end of the half an hour towards this episode um so what what do you want to say why, why why don't you give your final thoughts on Jefferson and then you can give your rating and then I'll give my rating on a scale of 1 to 10 of Thomas Jefferson's presidency. All right. So uh when we look at Jefferson, I think his philosophy was pretty darn good. You know, I agree with him on a lot of um political and religious things. So I think it's really good uh you know, and obviously he wrote the Declaration of Independence, but yeah, during his presidency he took some both good and bad actions. I think ending the slave trade was good. Uh, you know, the Louisiana Purchase, it's just going to be disputed because 
you know, could the president do that? Like, if he didn't, would Congress have just done it? Like, that's just the thing we don't know. And, I mean, it's hard to tell, like, if that really expanded the executive power because executive power, I think, was just inevitably going to grow. But still, you know, maybe not the best action. Uh, I think he handled foreign policy all right, except for, you know, the trade. So what about you? I mean, I think Jefferson's my favorite president. So, Well, I don't know. Well, I, first of all, I think there's a difference between the best president and my favorite president. I'd say probably the best president in American history is probably Washington. Uh, I think my favorite president was probably Coolidge. Um, although I did disagree with Coolidge on uh, trade, but outside of that, I think Coolidge was spot on. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think. Jefferson definitely um I agree he had a he had a good philosophy um his uh in terms of his presidency um the Louisiana purchase uh is in question um uh the embargo act uh was uh definitely in question uh however overall I would say that his uh his repeal of the whiskey uh, tax, um, as well as his ending of the s- slave trade and his, uh, his, uh, advocacy for smaller government, um, I believe, uh, say, yeah, lots of taxes. And yeah. Pay. I believe his, his, uh, his, uh, his advocacy for a smaller, uh, government, for smaller government, um, and his advocacy for a freer republic, uh, overall made up for uh his his downside so i'm going to give uh jefferson an eight out of ten what rating would you give jefferson uh i I was gonna agree with you i don't want to be i know that might sound like i'm just trying to be like you know like looking up to you like yeah i don't want to sound like copy you but i think an eight out of ten is pretty good because yeah he lowered national debt he um or uh, got rid of a lot of taxes and and I yeah. think I mean he didn't get us he made sure we didn't I mean we didn't get into like a big war with you know Britain or France and that was a time when that was a concern yeah and yeah the Barbary Wars I mean that's a bit justified because they were attacking Americans like yeah um yeah well last time I had a liberal libertarian on um and we reviewed Washington and Adams. Uh, in two different episodes, and he gave, uh, I, I gave Washington a 10 out of 10, he gave Washington an 8.5, I gave John Adams a 7.5 out of 10, he gave Adams a 3, he was not a fan of the Alien and Sedition Acts, um, but yeah, it looks like we're both on the same page on this one, uh, so anything else you want to say about Jefferson? I would say my favorite founding father is Thomas Paine. I know some people will oh, say... Paine, I love him. Yeah, he's like a close second, honestly. But, like, I hear people say, oh, well, Paine is not a founding father. And I'm like, are you are you crazy? How is Paine yeah. not... I mean, give me liberty or give me... I mean, how is that not... How is he not a framer? I mean, he... Oh, yeah. Like, uh, 
Yeah, Thomas Paine inspired the American Revolution with common sense. Yeah. Well, and in two episodes, we'll talk about the man uh, who got Thomas Paine out of prison. But next week, or not, or in the next episode, uh, we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be talking about the fourth president of the United States, James Madison. Let me know if you want to be on the James Madison episode. All right. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, once again, I'm Refounding Father. Follow me on Instagram. All right. And you've been on an episode of Politics Weekly before. Yes, I have. So this is my second time on um, one of your podcasts. Yes. All right. Make sure to everybody go listen to Politics Weekly, new episodes every Tuesday. Um, and stay tuned every Friday. Make sure to see listen to the Adams in Washington episode if you haven't already. And make sure to stay tuned next week when we talk about James Madison. All right. Um, let me-